keeps up his savings rate as much as he can, and he starts saving 20-25% for retirement, maxes out his 401k, maxes out his Roth IRA, and has a little bit more for a brokerage account. Excellent, excellent, guys. That would be so great. So that that's the route that I bet you he's going to take, is to save a little bit more for his down payment so he can get his offer accepted. And then to keep saving... As, as much as he can now that his, his living situation has changed, keep saving so that he can then retire earlier than his peers. Welcome to Living a Budget. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I'm a financial and career coach at Saber Street. This podcast is for people who are hungry to get to financial independence and retiring early, which means getting out of debt, saving like it's second nature, and setting up your life to pay it forward. Living a budget is about so much more than just budgeting. We tackle the hard topics, all with the goal to have as much fun as possible while getting to financial independence and retiring early, whatever that looks like for you. I firmly believe you can have fun while getting to financial independence because I've done it myself and I know you can too. Let's get started. Welcome to Living a Budget episode 16, saving up for a down payment in this crazy market when you have too much, but it's still not enough. All right. It is the beginning of November. I'm really excited to see you guys. Well, not actually see you guys. I'm, I'm really excited that you're listening to this. And I want to say November is kind of a crazy time because people's budgets are starting to ramp up. There's a lot of change that people want to do. You know, you're back in the swing of things. September was a little rocky. October, you, you kind of got in the swing of things. November, you have it down pat. So the rush is over, but now it's time to turn your attention to things like saving up for the holidays. I know a lot of people do a no spend November and a no spend January to first to save up for the holidays and then to make up for what you didn't end up saving for the holidays. Now, I personally don't believe in that. And maybe I'll do an episode on that because I like to prepare all year round. I save a little bit under $100 every month for holidays. For Christmas, we do a big Christmas. But I know a lot of people don't do that. And so they they do these like annual month long rituals of no spend, you know, months. Anyway, we can talk about that in another episode. If you are sick of doing that ritual, the no spend November or no spend January, come talk to me. Let's get you out of that habit. So this episode, we are talking about Actually, a past financial and career coaching client of mine reached out recently. He he had gotten out of debt. He got a new job that he's really proud of himself for landing. Well, I'm I'm pretty happy that he landed it too. He's now saving 15% of his income for retirement, and he's young enough that that'll keep him on track for retirement for the future that he wants. He's also saved over 20% in cash for a down payment on a home. Now here's the killer. He can't find a home. So he's renting right now. And who, who here can, you know, can relate to that? You're in the market for a home. This market is crazy right now and you can't find a home. 
he's renting right now. He's renting a room and he's put multiple offers on homes, but they've all been snatched up by people paying cash, a hundred percent cash or by better offers. So what does he do? He asked and he said, Hey, can you talk about this on your podcast? What should I think about? What should I do? Should I keep saving up more for a higher down payment on a home or should I start upping my retirement? Because that's kind of what we had talked about. So here, here he's in this predicament where he doesn't know how he's going to break through this market because the market's kind of crazy. There are a lot of ways this could go. You could go one or the other. And if he were here right now, which maybe I should invite him to this podcast, but uh, that's just me thinking out loud. If he were here right now, we'd, I'd ask him a few questions to understand where he's coming from, what he really wants to do with his life. If this is holding him back from different milestones, different things that he'd like to do with his life, that's what we talk about. Because yeah, if he bought a house, he'd be helping himself save on rent he and put toward an asset, you know, a home, if he saves up more money for a down payment, it could definitely very much help him break through the market. But he's also buying a liability. So we'd have to really look at what his budget looks like with the house, without the house, and then figure out how much cash he'd have on hand and what it means if something breaks in the home or if anything goes wrong, how much cash he'd have on hand to fix it. Because I'll tell you what, people, especially in this market right now, I don't know if it was like this all the time, but for the last you know eight years that I've been owning a home and have looked through homes, very few people who are selling their home tell everybody all the problems. They hide them. You know, they put up new paint to hide the cracks that that would show that the foundation is sinking. They, you know, there are a lot of things that people hide and that you can't see when you're buying a home. So oftentimes I'll say, make sure you have a, an extra emergency fund, you know, a full, fully funded six month emergency fund for all the things that are going to break your first year or two of buying that home. So, all right. Okay. Getting back to it. Let's say he has that fully funded emergency fund because he said he had it. He's buying a liability. What does he do with the extra money that he's saving? Does he save more for the down payment of the home? Does he put it toward retirement? Let's say he has enough to fix anything that happens in the house. Let's go through what he has to think through to make that decision. The very first thing I usually ask is, all right, let's look 10, 20 years down the line. What kind of life are you trying to build? What are you aiming for? And a lot of people have this very fuzzy idea of what they're aiming for. You know, I, I want to be comfortable. I want to be secure. They, they go up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you don't know that, look it up. It is the psychological hierarchy of needs that individuals have. So the the bottom is physiological needs. That's like food, water, warmth, rest. Those are your four walls, right? Now he has all of those taken care of. The second one is safety. So security and safety, making sure that you don't feel like you're going to be attacked at any point. So those two needs he has taken care of. The third one going up that ladder is belongingness and love. 
intimate relationships, friends. That doesn't necessarily mean mean having a romantic partner, but it means having a community that you can rely on, that you know, that know you, that you have this give and take, and you're not counting the cost of being with them necessarily. What you're doing is you're just enjoying their presence. So, okay. So he has that. And then fourth up that ladder is esteem, uh, feeling prestige or feelings of accomplishment. What have you accomplished? And we, uh, when I'm envisioning this, you know, what do you really want in your life? I go up that ladder to esteem feelings of accomplishment. What do you want to have achieved in the next 10, 20 years? And then at the very top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is this self-actualization, kind of achieving full potential or, uh, you know, including like creative things. So, so my mind goes funny enough to George W. Bush, right? So he has, and stay with me, he has, uh, he's been president of the United States. I mean, how much more prestige or like how much more accomplishment could you get? How much more accomplished could you get than being president of the United States? Hardly at all. And what does he do with his time now? Because he has that accomplishment. He has belongingness and love. He has safety. He has his physiological needs taken care of. He's painting. He's pursuing creative endeavors. He is doing things that require his brain to think in a little bit of a different way. So he's getting to that self-actualization, achieving full potential, exploring what else that he enjoys. That is the very, very top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So when I'm talking to a client and I'm, and I'm talking through, you know, what should you do with your money? I honestly, I just take them right through that ladder, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs until they can think through, all right, well, I do want to get to that point where I am so relaxed with my money, with my situation. I know my community. I know I'm secure. I feel accomplished in my career, in my life, that I am so relaxed that I can learn to play the piano. I can learn to sing. I can do you know, wood carvings or, or what have you with all of these creative endeavors. The holiday season is coming in fast. I love celebrating holidays with my friends and family, but it can get expensive in a hurry. If you're trying to keep the holidays frugal, but you don't want to sacrifice the amazing time you all can share together, then join me as we talk about how to keep holidays fun on a budget. We'll talk through holiday organization and prioritization, emotional spending and how to combat it, getting ahead of holiday expectations with friends and family, and staying on a holiday budget and being proud of it. You'll also get my holiday budget tracker that my husband and I use to stay organized and on the same page about our holiday spending. I am excited to see you on November 4th at 2 p.m. Eastern for this webinar, planning for a fun and frugal holiday season. The link is in this podcast description. I can't wait to see you there. That is the number one question that I ask. Let's go through Maslow's, and I don't phrase it this way. Let's go through Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but let's talk through all the different ways that you want to feel accomplished and the different ways that you'd spend your time if you could relax. Now let's rewind back to now. 
how is this going to help you accomplish that dream and that, that future reality? Will a year or more of renting a room, because he's renting a room, not a whole place, put a damper on this outlook for your life? Will that hold you back or will that accelerate the timeline? So we look at the numbers, model it out. Now here's question number two. When, you know, after we've gone through that whole exercise, which it takes like 10, 15 minutes to do that. After we go through that whole exercise, we'll come back. What will you, you know, when you have, let's say that you go down the route of having 30%, 40%, 50% saved on a, for a down payment on a home. Yeah. That'll make you a lot easier to, you know, it'll make it a lot easier to secure a home, to buy a home. If you have a lot more saved than 20%, will you be tempted to buy more house than you need? If you have a bigger down payment, what are you going to do with that down payment? Once you have a higher percentage, will you try to buy a more expensive home? And what will that do to your long-term goals for your life? So mortgage companies kind of will sometimes keep that in check based on your income and, and whatnot, but they also love it when you take out a larger loan. So are you going to be tempted by that? Are you going to be smooth talked into a more expensive place than, than fits your needs than, than you actually want? Because I'll tell you what, a more expensive place means more expensive utilities, means, means more expensive taxes, means more expensive insurance, means more expensive everything. I've lived it. I know. I've also seen a ton of budget. So will you be tempted? And I have to ask that question because if I don't ask that question, it's not thought through. So if you're in this situation, will you be tempted? Just say no, make that decision now. So you don't have to make the decision later. One of my main things is make the decision now. So you don't have to make the decision later. It helps so much. Okay. Question number three. What would you really do with the extra money? So let's say you are saving for that down payment on a home and you decide that you're going to save more. Well, you can put it toward the home and it's not really going to hurt your long-term outlook. Uh, you can just switch over to saving or, or investing more for retirement or just investing, you know, early retirement or, or what have you. You can switch over to saving more. But if you are tempted to blow that money because you have it in your bank account, you buy a home, you don't need to put any more down. Let's say your offer gets accepted. You have a, a better realtor or a realtor who's learning how to get your offer accepted. Then what are you going to do with the extra money? Make that decision now so you don't have to make it later. If you put it all in your home, great, perfect. It's there. It's in an asset. Well, and a, and a liability. It's, it's somewhere where you still own it. But if your temptation is to put it kind of, you know, toward the home, just in case, and then if you don't need it to go to Disney world or to go, there's nothing wrong with Disney world. I love Disney world. Um, but to go blow it when you know that your goals require you to invest it or to put it in your home, then it's best just to put it in an account where you can't access it. So make that decision now. What are you going to do with that money if you save it and you don't actually need it? 
put it, almost put it in writing, right? Put it in writing. So you know what you're going to do. So bottom line here, it really depends on your priorities and it depends on what you're looking at for your life and how much self-control you have. So this guy, he's been saving up for a down payment on a home and he has 20%. So he has pretty, pretty good self-discipline. He has been going for that goal. He has that goal. Now he doesn't know what to do next. I would say my, you know, if, if it were me and we were talking, I would venture to guess that he would come to the conclusion of continuing to save for a higher down payment percentage, a higher down payment amount so that he can get into that home, put parameters on the spend, you know, the, um, the amount of home he's going to buy. And then if he doesn't need all of it, have a trigger set so that he puts it all into retirement right away as a lump sum afterward. And, you know, you can do that many various ways. Here's the bottom line. It really depends on his priority. Saving up for a higher down payment will, will help him absolutely if he wants to get into a home now. Keeping that down payment and saving more for retirement will help him further on. And he just has to model that out. How much money are we talking here? He's not stopping saving for retirement. He is saving for retirement now. And we're, we're not even going to mention borrowing from retirement. Don't get that in your head. That is not an option. I know a lot of people in many different spheres have the, Hey, well, I can just pull out, pull out my contributions on my, on my IRAs. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's, that's kneecapping your retirement. Don't do that. You know, that's a bad reason. That's like bad news for many reasons. Anyway, keeping his down payment and saving more for retirement. So keeping it at 20% and putting it in retirement will probably help him in the long run because he'll have that, that time for investments to grow and compound interest. But let's say he splits the difference here and he saves a higher down payment, gets an offer accepted, and he doesn't actually have to use that whole down payment. Well, then he can just pump it right into retirement. Or let's say he gets really into the habit of saving and the moment he buys a home and, and it's all, everything's out of escrow and, and he is past the point where he, you know, where he can make any changes and he's bought the home, he's in the home, everything is secured. He keeps up his savings rate as much as he can. And he starts saving 20, 25% for retirement, maxes out his 401k, maxes out his Roth IRA and has a little bit more for a brokerage account. Excellent. Excellent guys. That would be so great. So that that's the route that I bet you he's going to take is to save a little bit more for his down payment so he can get his offer accepted. And then to keep saving as, as much as he can, now that his, his living situation has changed, keep saving so that he can then retire earlier than his peers. So that's it. And that's the whole, those are the questions I would ask. It always goes down a little bit more of a rabbit hole and, and I'm very intuitive as a coach. So, so my questions, while I have always a few that are, that are planned out and some direction for the call, oftentimes my questions are a follow-up. Like I, I need them to think about a point. So my questions are usually based on the person I'm talking to. Anyway, I hope this helped. I hope you're in a situation where you're saving up more than you need. You have a, a higher savings rate. 
If you're not, and you are living paycheck to paycheck, meaning that you are barely scraping by covering your bills or maybe even not covering them, then come talk to me. I have some great programs for you, some get out of debt programs. It is imperative if you want to retire early or retire at all to be able to cover your bills and to save a lot more than you need because your job while you are working is to not just cover your living expenses now, but to cover your living expenses later for when you're not working. And it is so fun to see your investments grow. So let's get you to a point where you are saving just as much as this guy is. You're able to save more than 15% of your income and you are able to take care of your expenses now and later. All right. I'll talk to you in the next episode. I'm really excited about it. We're going to go down some relational paths here. All right. Have a great rest of your week. And if you're doing no spend November, good luck. Tell me how it goes. Email me at saverstreet.com. Do a contact me. I'd love to hear about it. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.